7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabi Somosia. Thank you, Greg, and a very good evening, everybody, and thanks for staying with us on SAFM and for joining us on SAFM uh, Spot on tonight with me, Tabiso Musia and Katlejo Mudiba producing the show. And um, before we go any further, thank you to Lebo Mutsuedi for holding it down while I was away at the Brazilian Grand Prix this past weekend and uh, late last week, and what a thrilling race it was worth every single moment. And on that note of uh, racing tonight, we'll find out more about uh, what's happening in Kayalami this weekend it is the nine hour marathon as the racing returns to the famous track they're saying racing is back it is the south african leg of the intercontinental gt challenge and uh, this uh, event uh, forms part of the only global gt3 championship but we'll speak to the organizers to find out more and why everybody is excited about racing coming back to kayalami this weekend and tonight we'll also talk cricket and get the latest on cricket essay search for a new director of cricket after graham smith's sensationally withdrew uh, via a tweet. I don't know if um, you saw that uh, tweet or that uh, I don't know if it's a tweet or a statement uh, because others are referring it to a statement but he actually put out he put it out on social media, Graham Smith uh, saying that he can confirm uh, that he was interviewed for the role of a director of cricket following the media reports over the weekend uh, but he says and he says he felt it necessary to confirm that however he has unfortunately withdrawn his interest for the role he says i would love to have taken on the role however despite my obvious desire to make a difference during the long and at times frustrating process over the last 10 or so weeks of discussions i've not developed the necessary confidence that i would be given the level of freedom and support to initiate the required changes so that's what the former captain put out on social media so we will speak to a sports journalist just to find out more about this and we'll have this conversation again by the way on thursday Cricket SA have agreed to speak to us on Thursday about their search for a director of cricket as well as the new coach. And uh, we're going to start the show, though, by having a chat with one of the unsung heroes of the Springboks triumph in Japan. That is uh, Dr. Jerome Mampane, who will talk to us about his role, especially considering that the box were the most physical and certainly fittest team in the tournament. And uh, Dr. Mampane will tell us how they got it right as the whole entire uh, backroom staff and exactly what his role entails. And believe it or not, he also works as a team doctor at Kaiser Chiefs. So he'll talk to us about how he manages to balance uh, the two. And I'm sure there's a lot of other work that he does. Dr. Jerome Mambane there. We saw Steve Compella tweeting about him after the box war and saying that he's one of the best team doctors that is worked with uh, so we'll find out more about uh, this uh, man one of the heroes of the Springboks World Cup win a gold medal winner a rugby World Cup winner himself of course if you want to weigh in on any of our conversations please feel free to call us our studio number is uh, 0891 you can also send us voice notes on whatsapp on 061 4104 and our sms number is 41391 for the story behind the action, catch Tabiso Musia weekdays at 7 p.m. So then let's speak to one of the unsung heroes, depending how you look at it, of the Springbok team. And we thought let's bring him in just to congratulate him on his amazing work behind the scenes during the Rugby World Cup as the box won their third Web Ellis Trophy in Japan. And Springbok team doctor, Dr. Jerome Mampane joins us on the line. Doc, a good evening from us here on SAFM. Congratulations and thank you very much for finding time to speak to us tonight. Evening, man. Thank you very much for having me. Doc, you are a world champion yourself. I mean, you've got your medal. How do you describe the whole experience of being part of the backroom staff that helped the Springboks win the World Cup? Yeah, both both a privilege and, and something surreal. It's just amazing when you, when you almost get to the end and you're about to get to get that medal or you, you think the team's about to win. You know, you almost say to yourself, I can't believe this is really happening. Like, no one's there to pinch you. So you're just busy trying to make sense of everything. And, and why me? You know what I mean? Yeah. And and for you, how would you describe the scenes when the team returned home? Is that what you would have expected or was it more than the whole team expected? Look, maybe it was a failure of mine back in 2007 to join these parades to see just how crazy it gets. But I think um, just to see just how many people's lives were touched. Mm. I think even the, the one youngster, Lebo, the one that, that uh, they were talking about uh, that, they wanted him to meet with Pia. Oh, yes, yes, It's just yes. exceptional to see scenes like that. Um, 
the point is just that it's, it's about validating uh, a whole lot of people's dreams and maybe one just never thought that that rugby or sport could do that I, I i've never understood that so it's been just an amazing amazing reception and amazing feedback from the people at home are you saying now you get you you're able to get a sense of just how much this victory meant for the country it, it, it's funny you know when, when you're in japan right you you are there and the only people that you get a sense of what it feels like is maybe your family and the guys around you but then when you get home and you see the scenes it, it, it's like another level it just takes you to a place you you actually didn't believe was possible so you know it's been amazing Mm. And and would you say there was anything different with this group? Because I remember in '07 when the team won and they did the tour, they did go to some of the township, but there wasn't as much a reaction as we saw now in 2019 with this with this current team. Does it talk to representation, or is there just something more or special with this team? Look, I think I think there are multiple elements that are special with the team. Um, I think one won't ignore the fact that just the human side of it, um, and also the the, the just. When you look at it, the 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 Zwanile sticks, the 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 um, Siakolisis, the kind of stories that the background stories that are there, which I would say probably were still there for the guys in 2007 as well, but maybe it's just from a generational perspective. Maybe this generation of youth and then people just seem to want to connect with with their their rugby heroes or their sporting heroes a lot more, perhaps than back at that point. So. You know, seeing seeing a guy like Sia coming from humble beginnings, or not even just him alone, Makazole or, or mm. Lucano, um, even even Zwani the Stick, I mean, the stories just go on and on. Um, it's not just them; it's even some of the white players that that have come from really difficult circumstances to to beat the odds and actually get to to become world champions. I think there's something just I don't know something that just grabs the heart uh, for most people with that, and it's just amazing, I guess, to see those things play out. And for you as a team doctor, I mean, what exactly does your role entail? Is it as easy as the title says? What are you confronted with on a daily basis? Yeah, so the first thing I must also add is that we were two. So mm-hmm. Sarah, from Rassi's perspective, he chose to have two of us, which was Conrad von Hachen yes, and yes, myself. Yes. So the, the gentleman that was actually around the pitch most of the time uh, was Conrad. He mm-hmm. would be managing on-field injuries. And then I was uh, on the bench as support. And I was also looking after concussions um, and HIA timings and as well as should they uh, have any blood injuries. So they would, be hand, they would be handed over to me to get those assessments done. Um, it, it Look, the, the work itself was quite a lot. I think you never see how much goes into it. And sometimes no one, you know, we like to credit ourselves as though we're doing quite a lot. I, I almost sometimes feel sorry, more sorry for the physios because, you know, it's exceptional how much effort that they actually you know, get through the the kind of hands-on work that they do with the players, but that that effort of actually getting this good, strong medical structure, medical support around with the physios, with the bios, with together with the with the dietitians, I think it was it just pointed to good planning and, and good preparation. And and what do you make of Russ's decision then to have two team doctors? Because I remember when you were with Alistair, there was talks that Conrad would then take over uh, from you after that. But but Russ is stuck with you. What was the plan there, or what was the thinking? Yeah, look, uh, I think it's uh, it's very it's a very tough one because it's been a challenging thing in my career, I think, to experience. And uh, but if if there's one thing, maybe I could thank both SA Rugby and then Rusty for that. Um, it's just wonderful when when an organisation or an institution sees something in you and decide that you know maybe there are challenges and there are points of growth, but they're going to stick with you through this thing and help you get beyond those points of growth and and. I don't know. Next time you find you look at yourself, you find yourself as a world champion. Mm. So it's it, it's different. It's 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 something to be celebrated. It's something that uh, I've, I, you know I'm just only learning to appreciate bit by bit, just how much growth I've had I've had just in the time at the World Cup. Um, also in the time of of having someone close. I think you know we we sometimes neglect to understand just how valuable it is to have a second opinion. Uh, that's just next to you that can say, well, you know, maybe that injury might need this or maybe you might need to look at it from a different perspective. Um, those things help to shore up some of the decisions that we were, we were making with regards to players' injuries and, and players' wellness. And and how do you, you you've mentioned Zondela Stick a lot, and I know um, he also came under fire during Alistair uh, Astenia, mm. and also you. There was talks when uh, there was treatment with Francois Hochat and Francois Lowe. I mean, how do you bounce back from that and how do you keep your head up high despite the criticism? No, I just, I think sometimes the criticism that's there, you know, it's, it's, it's tough when the information is spread out and, and you want to say the truth. But sometimes you, you almost understand that the narrative is, is in one direction. I mean, the same Francois Lowe that people say or the, that is written about, it's almost like the story, was it ever even true? Because the same individual 
was with me at the World Cup. In fact, we, we have a great rapport, if I can put it that way. Um, it's difficult. I mentioned Zondile Stick because maybe the time we spent together in, in, in the under-20s uh, mm. during that sort of short period of, of restructuring, uh, just that time we got to be closer. So I mentioned him because he's been like a brother to me since then. And it's just been, it's an awesome thing when you travel a journey with someone and then you get to the top with that person. It's just lovely to see that. And the box lost Jesse Creel and Trevor Nyakane very early in the campaign. As the team doctor, yeah. um, is it your call? I mean, how do you break the news to these guys and how much do you stress over these injuries having to rule somebody out of out of their dream, basically, of being at the World Cup? Yeah, look, uh, maybe what I was fortunate is players like Jesse Creel uh, I've had a long time with. I've had, I've been with the junior box. I've been with the junior yeah. box from about 2014. So I'd, I'd met Jesse Creel. I'd gotten to know the person. I'd gotten to see the person over time and um, it's never easy breaking news uh, like that, that a player's World Cup's over. But what I've learned about some of these guys, especially as they get older uh, versus when they were under 20 players, um, just the, the, their understanding of their own bodies and their understanding of their capacity to, to do what they do. Uh, it's amazing when you speak to them that they have an acceptance of, of what can happen, but it, it, is, it is still share, life-shattering or earth-shattering to, to share that news, you know, to sit there and say, well, or, you know, this thing is actually worse than what we thought and it's very likely that you're going to have to go home it, it's it is a challenging situation <laughs> i won't downplay it but maybe thankfully just some of the people you deal with i think the fact that they've had to deal with bad news in their careers just so many times before they got to this very moment it sometimes sometimes softens the blow a bit and how- blow at least was softened by that he was having a baby so maybe <laughs> maybe maybe that helped you know? uh, we, we actually did discuss that when that injury happened that uh, you must look at the brighter side yeah, but how did you manage yeah. Sia's workload uh, pre and during the, the tournament uh, doc because the coach did say that um, he wasn't at his best in the first few games but the plan was always to have him uh, ready for the World Cup and, and, and he delivered yeah look uh, again that's why I say to you some, some of these things is, I have been part of management structures and then I've been a part of this management structure where I can just think that there's just an exceptional amount of planning um, and an exceptional amount of commitment to the planning and the plans that are that are envisaged to actually get the success underway. So I think there's a lot of congratulations that are due to not only medical staff, not only coaching staff, but also mm-hmm. conditioning staff. I think mm-hmm. the plans and the planning around, you know, the work that was done by, by Alec Walters, uh, the work that mm-hmm. has been done by, you know, even, even, in, even in the, in the, um, in the pre, pre-tournament uh, camps, the linemen camps, just the work and the communication and the preparation for players and even the work that was done last year. I think it's almost like the buy-in and, and the value and the values that were instilled by the coach the kind of buy-in and, and the kind of people that these players are uh, is just, uh, we had the right mixture. You know what I mean? It, it's strange to just look at it and, and say, then there's no other way to say it. We just seem to have just a better mixture than what most countries had. And considering that the box were the first team to arrive in Japan, I mean, did you have to work on anything just to, to, to make sure that they fully fit, they focused and they're healthy? Yeah, I think I think it was part of good planning as well. I think um, the idea behind it at first maybe <laughs> might have seemed difficult, but um, I think I think I think Rusty was onto something, and and Rusty and the team that planned that were onto something when they thought of the idea that maybe let's let's get there earlier. Let let's get to know the people in Japan. Let's get to know the culture. Let's get to know the area. Let's actually get ourselves immersed in this before the real thing begins. Because when the, when the real thing begins, let let us be a part of it. Let us be that team that even the Japanese are looking and saying, but these guys have actually embraced us. Do you know what I mean? So I think we felt that, except when we played Japan, of course, <laughs> but we felt that when, you know, for the time we were there. For those who've just joined us, we are talking to Dr. Jerome Mampane, who was uh, part of the Springbok team, Springbok uh, team doctor there, along with Dr. Conrad. And uh, we're just going to take a quick break. And after this break, we'll trace back his journey because I did mention that he also works at Kaiser Chiefs. <laughs> Hashtag SAFM Sport On. Doc, now just for those who are not familiar with your work, let's trace back your journey a bit. I mean, you were part of the baby box. When were you first introduced to to the national teams and especially in rugby? Uh, sure. I started, I think, around 2011 hmm. uh, with, the, with the women's under-20 teams. Um, and then from there, I mean, thankfully, I don't know what, what Lynn Reed had, uh, the medical manager, saw in me back then. <laughs> But there was something that he believed in. I, I keep telling my friends the story that the day I met Lynn at, at uh, one of the South African Sports Medicine Association's congresses, um, he was standing next to Craig Roberts, the guy that was oh, the yes, Springbok yes. doctor just before me. And uh, 
I didn't know Craig Roberts from a bar of soap at that point, but what I said to him is, hey, who are you? Oh, Craig Roberts. Okay, one day I'll have your job. Those were the first couple of words after to Craig Roberts. I hope he doesn't remember them, but it's just, honestly, it's been a long journey to get you. Um, the, the women's teams actually were some of the most passionate and learning times that I've actually had. Um, places where I think there's quite a bit of a struggle, but people that are genuinely passionate about the game. And then from then on end, it, 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 it's been to the under-20s, which, which I followed, Dr. Pato Zondi, um, after she had, she had moved on to, to greener pastures. Um, and the, just the time in it, the learnings and, and the effort and opportunity that, that you know, you're given with, the, with, with under-20s, the kind of learning that you get at, at the international level or at a tournament of that magnitude. I don't know if I can say it's paralleled anywhere else. I mean, I, I, I've been to the World Cup with the women's seven team. Mm. I, I think I've worked with with the men's seven sides. I, I just, to this day, there's there's few tournaments I know I can sit and look at and turn around and say, wow, that's just amazing that, that the human body can be pushed that far. And that was probably more, mostly the, the under-20 tournament. That's a great story. We actually did speak to Dr. Craig Roberts a couple of months ago. He's now at, at uh, Bournemouth in the Premier League. Yes, he's doing uh, well for himself. Yes, he's got a great story to tell. We had a great interview with uh, yes. uh, Dr. Roberts. And I, I keep mentioning that you also work at Kaiser Chiefs. I mean, how do you balance the two then? No, look, I, I've been very fortunate. I think uh, it was a shock for me, perhaps, when I found out that uh, uh, my folks' neighbor, I think early Earlier on, when when we had moved, when my folks had moved to uh, Rodeport, I just found out that the, that our neighbor actually, uh, Adil, Dr. Adil Budanya, mm. was one of the Kaiser Chiefs doctors, and uh, I think I nagged the man so many times about, please give me an opportunity, please give me an opportunity, and um, when they found time, and when they found that, I guess the fixture, the fixtures were getting congested because at Chiefs we were about five doctors, so one of mm-hmm. them was is is still Dr. Mohammed Musaji. Yes, yes, um, yes. So Dr. Musaji was, was involved with uh, FA Cricket and quite actively. Mm. So once I think it got a little bit busier for them, um, there was a view that, okay, maybe there's an opportunity to add this guy to, to our roster. Um, and I guess, the, okay, the, down, the downer to it was maybe one of the colleagues also passed away at that point in time. Um, but being a part of it has, honestly, it's been quite a, yeah, what a wonderful journey. Uh, to be with a team that, that at least is now at the top of the log, which I can brag about for once, uh, and, and to see the, to see the good things come, and to see us beat Pirates as as regularly as we're doing these days, I it's it, it, it been awesome. Sorry, I, I just can't. Okay, let's stick to the subject, Doc. <laughs> for those who've just joined us, we're talking to Dr. Jerome Mampane, Springbok team doctor, also at Kaiser Chiefs. You can send us your yes. voice notes on 061-4104-107. Our studio number is 0891-104-207. Well, the one man who made you trend on social media was a certain coach, Steve Compella, with that tweet. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah, that picture of you. I think you were, I don't know if you're drinking beer out of that trophy or you were kissing <laughs> the trophy. <laughs> but I really no, for, for the I was kissing the trophy okay, while okay. it had beer inside. Okay, we'll stick to that story. And Coach Steve tweeted, worked with this man achieves absolutely unbelievable. Congratulations, uh, Dr. Yes, Lito Honolo yes. Jerome Mambane. Hashtag stronger together. And Coach Steve Compella actually joins us on the line now. Coach Steve, good evening, sir. Thank you very much for finding time to speak to us briefly here on SAFM. Hey, Tabitha, good evening, sir. Coach Steve. <laughs> Hey, I have to agree with you, dog. Relax, please. No, don't say anything. <laughs> I, I am yet to greet dog. Dog, we can't be out of order in public, please. Let's I, will, go. I will keep it together, Coach. The, the, the dog is not used, is not used to doing interviews, Coach Steve. He's always the uh, behind the scenes. The doctor must breathe, otherwise I'm going to give him a breathalyzer. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after that picture that you posted. Uh, exactly. That's how I connected the dog. <laughs> but, but Coach Steve, you seemed to be a, a very proud man, and rightly so when you tweeted about uh, Dr. Mampani. I mean, what can you share with us about this man, and, and what makes you so proud? You know, even now, I just get emotional. I, I, I just love the picture. Mm. And... and Doc, I, I think at some point you should share you should share with us mm. your 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 ability to remain resolute and very strong in respective circumstances. By the way, good evening, Doc. Evening, <laughs> Coach. How are you? <laughs> good. Thanks yourself, my big brother. No, I'm strong. Very strong. Very happy to hear your voice. I must say. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't hold back. In fact. Uh, people who, 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 who advise on how to capture things on social media, they said to me, hey, wait a minute, 
Uh, should we put it this way? What could be? What should be? What would be? And I said, guys, whatever happens should happen. Even if I commit an error, it would have been a genuine, authentic error. And Dr. Mampan would understand. <laughs> I, I, I was very proud of you. You know, there's a stage in some of our conversations, uh, Taviso, mm. he, he reminded me of one moment we spent. Yes, Mbombela, coach. It was oh, it was that that camp. I think we had a lot of game Mbombela. Yeah, we, we've had great moments. she says, God, I'm sure. How many doctors? Five. Five, he said. Yes, <laughs> yeah, five doctors, great people, unbelievable, extremely professional. Whether Kibo Bodania, all of them, all of them. Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't even. Now, this is one man. We, we would sit around table, whether it's breakfast, lunch, pre-match meal, or at dinner. And, and the conversations would be so rich. Mm. And he would even assist in terms of understanding stuff from a medical point of view. And as you thought that, no, 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 you're talking to a medical practitioner. Then he would get to another level where he would be a psychologist and show you dynamics <laughs> of, 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 of not only dealing with the psyche, but also the human element and how we deal with players. And, and what surprised me, his element of submissiveness and composure and obedience, yet a highly qualified person. Listen, there's nothing as difficult as a highly sophisticated and highly educated person kneeling down, saying to you, walk on me, make me your carpet. Now, you need to develop some level of intelligence to know that don't walk on them and wipe your feet because they become a carpet. Walk with diligence. Leave them with the respect because they are a highly qualitative thread and a cloth and a skin you shall never get. Mampan is just at another level. Wow. No, man. Thank you, Coach Steve. And, and on that, Coach, Coach Steve, I mean, there are a lot of young doctors now coming through. We're also seeing at Bafana Bafana, Dr. Tulani Gwenya also yeah. there. Is, is it yeah. also more now, does it become more than just a rugby win, Coach Steve? Is it inspiration also to the young ones that anything is possible through sport? It, it, it pushes us as coaches. You must also understand how difficult. They spent so many years at varsity, maybe seven or whatever. They practice, they've got special relations and, all, and they're highly professional. They are so, they are methodical. They, everything that they do, you can understand the responsibility that a doctor carries upon their shoulders. Mm. They carry our lives. And here they are, these young professionals, top people, coming to interact with us coaches. Coaches, we are slightly not as refined. Uh, we, we speak a coaching language. We speak tactics and all that. We are not as deep in terms of the book, the discipline, uh, going to school and learn not only from sentence to sentence, not only from word to word, but from alphabet to alphabet. That's how far they go. Now they, they interact with us. Now, this, this, this influx of these young professionals, these young top, 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 top practitioners, when they come and interact with us, it also it elevates us because you have to get to their level of understanding issues. Mm. When they tell you about maybe an injury, when they try to explain to you about the process of getting a player to top performance, when they try to get into the mind of the player and try to dissect that mind and share with you, you as a coach must have that level of comprehension to say, ah, Doc, I understand. When you don't understand, they must have the ability as well to just drop levels, come out of level 10, get to level 4, so that we could be on the same page. And these top professionals do that. We are extreme. They are valuable. They are indispensable. And they are a rare commodity that sport must embrace immediately. And how important is trust between uh, these medical professionals and the coach? Trust, trust is built over time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it comes from the submissions they make. Let's say, for instance, an chief, Kabelo Mashasela, they need giving him problems or Keegan Buchanan is going through this, or Pilani Zulu, and then he says to me, Coach, uh, hey, I'm afraid, man, we are playing uh, Jomo Cosmos weekend, and I don't think Type will make it. He's got, I don't know, the groin and all that. However, let, let, let me, let me, let's take him through physio. Let's do some clinical assessment and see whatever. I'll, I'll let you know. However, I think, blah, 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 blah. Now, as he leads you, when that time comes, when a player has to go through that, 
the minute it becomes a big test where you say, okay, we passed the test, or based on recommendations, I failed the test, then it starts to develop the trust that, and he advised me, I didn't adhere to his advice, I didn't listen, now I've learned the hard way. Or he advised me, and it came out exactly the same way he did, oh goodness, he saved my contract, he saved my life. Then trust begins, and even submission is an order. However, it becomes very tricky when I am not at the same level of understanding as they advise. Do mm. I adhere to the advice? But now when you have these young professionals, they break it down, a concept that is highly complex. They can localize it. Now you can understand when someone brings you a global concept, but he localizes it, you understand better. And then he moves on then to get to their level in terms of discussion. That builds trust because you say, this guy wants me to understand the potato as amambani. <laughs> and then on an, at another level, he will tell you about carbohydrates. Now you say, okay, spaghetti and then starch or carbohydrates. Now, then the level of thinking, when it is brought to you in a manner that you understand, then this person says, listen, I want to open up and make you understand this. And any person who wants you to understand them, they want you to end their trust. And on Twitter, Lulu says, what an amazing conversation with Dr. Mampane and Steve Compella. The brotherhood is heartwarming. A dog before... But, 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 yes. but yes, coach. Before he goes, he must break down meritocracy. There's one discussion <laughs> we had about meritocracy. He must break that down. <laughs> You you had that, Doc. Uh, meritocracy, you must break it down for us. And on that note, there is actually somebody on a social media that says that uh, Dr. Mampana used to terrorize us. Um, in, is it in varsity? Yeah, in, at UCT. Oh, no. At UCT, oh, no. he, he, you would have breakfast and he would be asking, have you received Christ in your life? Yes. <laughs> I don't know yes, where you no, want to start. I, I won't lie. My faith was always important to me. So... <laughs> It was interesting. It's, it's always brought up. There, there's a player called Mpombio, so he, yes, he loves I know bringing Mpom- that up. Uh, we've had that chat, and then, geez, uh, I appreciate him for that because I guess it just helps me remember where my roots are. Uh, <laughs> whenever, whenever I forget, it helps me remember that there's some things that are just beyond me. It's not that I, I bring myself to those, those moments and, or, or I do something spectacular. Some of these things, um, it's painful, difficult to say that you might you might think you know it, and it's a shock. And somehow God just gives you this opportunity to actually find the problem, and you and you do something amazing in that process. So no, it's true. I was <laughs> I was one of those. I was a I was a zealot. <laughs> and I guess it's going to take us another whole show to break down meritocracy. But um, there's a lot of reaction on social media talk. I, I just want to ask. Uh, oh, there's a question here that wants to know. Um, how was it? How is it working in the Springbok environment con- compared to working in a football environment? Yeah, look, maybe I think one has to uh, bear in mind just the differences of the environment, um, and also just again, football is growing towards that and is taking great strides towards what what rugby is doing from a medical perspective. Um, but the the comprehension and the treatment. Uh, if I speak about Kaiser Chiefs or I even speak about Bafana Bafana. Um, I, I've, I've had the opportunity, thankfully, to be in those two environments. I think you're afforded the opportunity to, to do what you do best. Uh, the only challenges that maybe remain there is just the addition of uh, further specialized uh, uh, skills to actually help you enhance what, what you're doing. Uh, it would be great if one day we we're having this kind of a chat and we we're talking about what the same Craig Roberts that you were speaking about, what he's doing. Mm. Um, we are actually surpassing him in what we're doing. And the same Tulani Nguenya that you're talking about is actually a partner of mine at, 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 at our practice. And it's something that, you know, we are very passionate about, about working and, and building foot, the football environment to actually not only match the rugby environment, but potentially surpass it in, in certain aspects. But uh, when I look at it, um, just rugby has, has got a lot of things that are important when it comes to medical care, when it comes to, I think, player wellness and player care in place that are actually quite good and that allow the kind of longevity that you need from players. And I think football, you know, maybe we're just fortunate that when, when you have good administrators, uh, which I, I think maybe I can compliment the uh, Chiefs for that, that you mm-hmm. tend to find the opportunity to do those things. Um, it gets difficult, and especially in, I mean, uh, Coach Steve can tell you, it gets difficult in seasons where, where, where things aren't necessarily going right. 
Uh, but you have to stick to your guns and make sure that you know potentially these players are, are still available for the majority of the season, that you don't run them down or, or you don't lose them either mentally or physically uh, throughout the entire the entire season. And I can imagine how tough it was uh, under Coach Steve there at uh, Kaiser Chiefs. <laughs> but we've actually got somebody on the line. Bafana Bafana team doctor, Dr. Tulani Nguenya is on the line. Doc, a good evening. Thanks you very much for speaking to us on SAFM. I believe the man we have here, well, he's just said it is your partner in crime when it comes to uh, medicine. You own a practice with him. I mean, how long have you known Dr. Mampane for firstly? And good evening again. Good evening, Tariso, and good evening to you, mate. Um, yes, crazy. indeed, he is. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, he is my partner. I've known, I've done, I've known Doctor Mampani since uh, 2015. You and then 2016, he approached me with this big vision that he has uh, about sports medicine, Africa, conquering Africa in sports medicine. He's got so many ideas. Well, he told this idea to me. We met at some um, engine garage, I think around Bears, no dear, off It was BP, man. You remember? <laughs> Attention to detail. <laughs> we, meet, we met there, and uh, this dog came and flooded me with so much information. I was so overwhelmed. Mm. And I said, okay, dog, I'll get back to you. I agree. That was the last time we spoke. And we never spoke again for at least two years. And this guy was so persistent. He came back to me again two years ago and said, Doc, remember the idea. And then now I started really listening to him with this vision of his and the ideas that he had. And then we then decided to sit and then put something together. At the beginning of this year, we opened our rooms, Sports Mets mm. in Africa, with Jerome Mampane, Kosi Mulungwa, and Moshe Macheti, the four of us. So... I, I, I like I like Mampani. I celebrate him because of his innovative ideas. However, sometimes the ideas can be so overwhelming that, you know, in each and every director's meeting, would meet today, Jerome has a new idea. The next time we meet, <laughs> Jerome has a new idea. We are still focusing on this, but now he has... He's just gifted. He's just too gifted. Mm. And I, I, I bless God that actually our past met because after meeting, uh, after meeting him, I became a better person. He's, he's, he's a strong Christian and mm. he's got good morals and he's got, he's got very good working ethics. Mm. And over and above that, he's highly, highly knowledgeable. And, and, and at the practice, do you look after pros? Do you look after anybody? Can anybody go there? Yes. Uh, predominantly, it's a sports uh, clinic. However, we are open to anyone. We don't only focus on elite athletes. As much as we see most elite athletes, but we, we see every sport injury that is there. And we can also see general patients. They are welcome to come talk to us. Mm, great stuff, Doc. And what would you like to say to him? I mean, how big is, 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 is this achievement of what is done uh, with the Springboks and, 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 and his role? Look, uh, this, I, I feel like a groupie. You know, I feel like I tell everyone that I meet. You know, Doctor Jerome Mampane. I post him every now and then. You know, it's it's a big, big achievement. This can never be taken lightly. And for a person that is very close to us mm. and close to me, it's it, it feels like it's my achievement too. And I feel like with this anointing, I I told him last week that you know you've got this special anointing you won the world cup i believe now bafana will win the afcon in 2021 because your anointing will rub off on me that's 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 how i celebrate him that's how i see him but over and above that i just want to say look dr mampane we love you we appreciate you this no, we I never say you. that much we appreciate you you are a biggest, biggest, biggest uh, aspect of sports medicine in Africa and we appreciate you as a human being. We appreciate you as a father to your children. We look up to you you know, as a, as a young father. No, I always look you, up brother. to you with this traveling and all that. But over and above that, Doc, remain humble as you are and come with these ideas. Let us change South Africa. Let us change sports medicine perspective, especially oh, yeah. in football, especially in football with the, with the club owners. They've got a different perspective on, about sports medicine. And I believe that, now I'm staying away from rugby a little bit, I believe that if we can take sports medicine very seriously or sports science very seriously in football, our football can be the best in the mm.
Definitely. And Dr. Mampane, we have to leave it there. Uh, just like Dr. Tulani yeah. said, we wanted to give you the respect you deserve. I know we took you no, out man, of I, a function. I mean, before you go, I, I just wanted to appreciate you for... for okay, hold on. I will give you two minutes after the break. Leading Sport Stories of the Day on SAFM. And on Twitter, Nkosinati Wall says, Good evening, uh, SAFM and Tabiso. Once again, a great show full of information. And the doc is so humble. And the trust issue is what I needed to hear. Doc, I didn't want you to get cut off. You can have the last word. And thank you once again for staying longer than we asked you for. No, no, thank you. I, I just, I think the thing I wanted to say to you is just thank you. Um, just thank you for the opportunity to share something. And, and I think thank you for just genuinely having people that have walked the journey with me. Mm. Uh, Coach Steve is right. Uh, the, the full story of it is just so long, but the things that 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 he just empowered me with, that even at difficult times, I think in my career, is just amazing to have worked with someone like him. And then, you know, then you bring in Dr. Mguenya, and I think you just finished me off there with that. I'm glad you didn't bring in Mzandilistic as well. I think then I might have been in tears. I would have been finished then. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Thank Honestly, you, Doc. Thank and you there's so many people that want to pick your brain. Hopefully, when you have time and you've gone on holiday and you've relaxed, we'll have you in studio and just talk wholly about your career and where it started and sports medicine in general. No, absolutely. Thank you very, very much, Ron. Thank you, Dr. Jerome Mambane there, a Springbok team doctor, talking to us just about his role within the team. We're still going to talk cricket, but let's also find out what is happening in Kayalami. Uh, the wait is almost over. People have been saying racing is back. It's the nine-hour challenge, and we're joined on the line uh, by uh, Mr. Tom Pearson Adams, the CEO of the Kayalami nine-hour race. Tom, good evening. Thanks for speaking to us on SAFM. Good, good evening, everyone. Thank you for having me. Exciting weekend ahead, but before we get to what the nine-hour challenge is all about, some taglines have been saying racing is retaining home after 37 years. How big a deal is this? That's absolutely right. I mean, this is a legacy that, that, that traded from 1962 to 1982, the Kyle Army nine-hour, attracting huge crowds for decades. It's been 37 years since the event's taken place, and it certainly marks the return of international motorsport to the Kyle Army Grand Prix circuit, for sure. For those who were not around during that time, I mean, how big was, was the nine-hour marathon back in the day? It was just huge. I mean, I've looked at the photos. You can obviously hear from my, my voice. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not locally born. Yeah. I've been here for 15 years, so I have, I've never experienced a Kyle Army nine-hour before. However, I've got a number of people working with me who have, who have been to lots of them. 80,000, 90,000 people would be attracted to this event and just packing the bomers out. You know, and that's, that's what we want to grow back to. So what can we expect this weekend? What is the nine-hour race all about, firstly, and, wh- and wh- how does the format work? Okay, so we are the Kyle Army nine-hour. We're the fifth of five races in a global series called the GT Continental. The competition started in Bathurst in Australia in February. Then it went up to America in, in March, back to Spa in, 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 in Europe in July, and then across to Suzuka just last month. So we're the final of this global series and the series is on all continents now that it's returned to africa it's truly a global competition is it the biggest event since the kailami circuit was reopened about three years ago oh goodness without a shadow of a doubt this is certainly marking the return of international motorsport we've set a fantastic three days of activities and entertainment lots of track related stuff we've got support races we've got muscle cars we've got supercars we've got classic cars We've got bands performing, we've got Prime Circle, we've got Black Coffee and his Solistic Stablemates all DJing on the Saturday. Um, we've got different zones for kids. Just, just a quick thing to note, it's a family day out. Mm-hmm. Children under 16 are free. We've got all sorts of fantastic ticket promotions going on at the moment. I think we've put on a, 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 a fantastic day out for the whole family. And how much do the tickets cost and where do people buy them? You must go to kylearmy9hour.com general access tickets and just bear in mind it's a 15-hour event so the Mm. gates open at seven o'clock in the morning on on friday and saturday they close at 10 o'clock on friday and at midnight on saturday general access is 200 rand on saturday and 160 rand on friday the fan zone ticket which is inside the track which is where black coffee will be performing is 450 rand um, and then there's all sorts of different racing tickets. The track side, I must mention quickly, the track side tickets sit below West Bank Corner with glorious views of several corners. Um, and if you're a racing nut, which I hope many of your <laughs> listeners are, I recommend you head that way. And, and how many cars then are we expecting at this GT3 championship? 
It's been a fantastic turnout. I mean, it needs noting that Africa's been motivated by the manufacturers and the teams themselves. They've been yeah. talking to Stefan Rattel, the rights holder, for, for, for quite some time, saying, you know, this world comp- global competitions are wonderful, but we really do miss Africa. And they've assisted to motivate. And I think that's demonstrated in our grid. We've got 30 cars, GT3, starting on Saturday morning. They're going to take off at 1 o'clock. They're going to go for nine hours. Uh, we're going to go through four, five, six thousand tyres. 45,000 litres of 103-octane fuel. It's a serious petrol head heavenly heaven, I can assure you. Oh, and, and I believe there'll be two South Africans. Well, the one, Jordan, actually was on our show last month, and he told us he was looking forward to it. Who else is there? Is it Calvin or Sheldon van der Linde? Yeah, the, 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 the van der Linde boys are both there. The oh, brothers. both of them. Uh, we've got Gennaro in a BMW. Um, we've got David Pohl in the, I think he's in the Audi. We've got four or five... Uh, international manufacturer drivers who are from South Africa, but there's a load of local teams too. So I really do believe that, you know, we need to come down and support these local drivers, South African drivers. We need our South African flags in hand and we need to be cheering these guys on. Definitely. And is it going to come back? How long is the contract for? I've got a 10-year, we have a 10-year license. (laughs) So this is year one and we're going to build and we're going to grow and we're going to build and we're going to grow. But, you know, I think it's just, uh, you know, it's a great opportunity for for, for all South Africans of all different shapes and sizes to come down, support the local drivers. And, and, you know, once we get this one right and we demonstrate to the rest of the world through our broadcast platforms, this is broadcast live around the world, um, and, and we show them a full grandstand, this can only be a positive stepping stone, you know, as we move forward, being invited into more international touring calendars. I, th- I think it's crucial that we get behind this one and show the world that we want these types of international races in our calendar. Well, we'll sure be there to support you, Tom. All the best, and thank you very much for speaking to us, and we'll spread the word. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. That's the CEO of the Kailami Nine Hour Race, Tom Pearson Adams, talking to us about what is happening this weekend. People are already asking uh, for tickets. You had the man where you can get the tickets from. Uh, so go out there and support racing. Racing is back in Kailami. We're going to talk cricket now because there's a lot that's been happening and we just want to get us an idea of where we are right now because I did mention at the top of the show that on Thursday we're actually going to speak to Cricket Essays. Uh, cricket Essay, they've agreed to speak to us but only on a Thursday so they couldn't join us tonight. But let's find out. A lot's been written about Graham Smith. Graham Smith also went on social media and said that he is pulling out uh, of, the, um, of the race to become the Essay Director of Cricket and we are joined on the line now by Kanyiso Chwaku, Sports Right also SABC sports commentator and analyst and I know he wrote an article about this I think it was in the Sunday Times on Sunday uh, can you say good evening thanks for speaking to us again on SAFM evening evening to listeners firstly were you surprised by Graham Smith going on social media to announce that he's withdrawing uh, yes and no um, yes that it was uh, it, the way that he's announced it he did confirm to the media that uh, there was a story written by self-advice my mm. colleague, where he said that he he threw in his hat and he was interviewed for the position of director of cricket. And also, it's not surprising that there was a lot of players now, or former players, are seemingly take social media to express their views or say what they need to say without having to worry about commenting. Because if you are now going to say send out a statement, sometimes it's also a bit late cumbersome in the fact that then we'll ask for queries, whereas generally players, sometimes they can be inaccessible. So a, a social media statement actually works from a perspective where they just put out the message and that's pretty much it. But I think, again, it wasn't a surprise that, so yes, I know it wasn't a surprise that they actually put out on social media that is withdrawn his candidacy. Was it a surprise what, what, what he said? What did you make of uh, the detail that he gave saying that it's been a frustrating process and he doesn't have uh, the necessary confidence that he'll be given the level of freedom and support to initiate the required changes? Well, that's a tricky one because we don't quite know what he actually said in the interview, number one. What were his requirements, number two. Um, also, when you look at the KGIs of the job stake, you need, um, you need to be a qualified coach. You need to have some sort of experience outside of the cricket world um, to be qualified to, to qualify for that position. So, again, I'm interested to hopefully he'll open up and say what was, what was said in the interview because if you... Say that you support or you feel that the, the administration isn't strong enough to back you in terms of what you want. I think the first question would be, what is it that you required, uh, what is it that you required 
from the administration about what were your demands because remember that the DOC would have to appoint the team director, which is the coach, the selectors, the the the, the select, selectorial chief, and uh, selectors, and also the all the support staff. Mm. So again, it, it, which uh, I think it would be up to Graham to actually say to the public what is it that he wanted, what were his demands, how does he feel, what 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 were his feelings behind the administration of supporting him. So, again, it's a tricky one that he says that he didn't have the complete support of the administration, but then he needs to also be upfront in terms of what the, what, what happened, what was said in interviews, what were his demands, what did he want, and maybe what is it that the, what, what is, uh, what is it that the administrators would not agree to. So who's left in the running then, and how many people were interviewed, according to your understanding? It's four. It was Smith, um, the, the current acting director of cricket, um, Corey Fanseo, um, the former national selector, Faye Manet, and the St. David's Barrett and former Titans and Lions coach, um, Dave, Dave Nosworthy. Even though Corey Fanseo has been suspended? That's a tricky part. I, again, I think, that, that, I think that's the first administrative part where you've got an employee who's suspended yet rocks up for another employment interview. Um, I don't quite know how the CSA's HR processes work. So that's a proper head scratcher that and one that I also need to get answers out of because you have a candidate who's suspended as a full-time employee of the company yet is able to do another interview seeking employment in a different position in the company. So it's, it's very, very, very tricky. It's one, it's something that I've tried to get my head around and something that I just can't quite understand. Some say Dave Nosworthy is, uh, becomes the favorite now. Uh, on what basis would he become the favorite? The longer the short of it, he's a person who's actually done the job as director of cricket, albeit with not a lot of success in Somerset. But the fact of the matter is he's done it. And um, the thing with the director of cricket position, it's not a position that is common in the SA cricket. Let's start right there. Mm. And people need to understand that the director of cricket position was one that was mooted after the 2015 World Cup. Um, it wasn't acted upon, but also the crisis that was this current, this year's World Cup, um, change needed, needed to be made. So I think what was missed was that introducing the position at franchise level and at provincial level so that you can actually create a pool of individuals who can now actually put their hands up. Because when you look at the current structure, the current South African structure, a number of former players either go into media, go into coaching, or some leave cricket altogether. So you then ask yourself, of South Africa's former cricketers who actually dabbled in coaching, are they qualified enough? Because the DLC position, um, for the layperson, it's an HOD position. You are a, a high-level manager who then has the power to appoint other people. So that means you need to have managerial skills, you need to have HR skills. You can't just walk out of the game, do whatever you do, then go back into the game and then still be able to appoint people. What people need to understand is that the persons of cricket being a player and the persons of cricket being an administrator and a coach are three different levels altogether. That's mm-hmm. why you'd find that there's always a big issue over coaching qualifications. Remember that coaching, being a full-time coach and being a consultant are two different things altogether. And I think the same is applicable for this position where now you're not going to be actively coaching, but you'll be looking after the whole structure. Mm-hmm. That is effectively being a manager where you've got staff that you need to look after you're going to have to deal with HR issues. You're going to have to deal with psychological issues. Mm. And there's a whole lot of things. You also have to deal with budgetary issues. So it's, it's, it's a full-on um, enduro. Where you're on on, on that note, I mean, Hussein Manak seems to tick all the boxes. Also, former national selector, has a level three coaching qualification. He also played. How do you rate his chances then? I think also rate his chances highly because he's also got, he's also got experience in the business world. Mm. So you need someone to understand the, uh, uh, how to run a business because you need an MD, which is effectively what this position is. You're going to be running the business of the national team. Therefore, you're not just looking after the interests of the team from an on-field perspective. You're looking after the national team's interests from an off-the-field perspective. So there's a lot that goes into that position that people may say that, no, we need former cricketers to take charge, but on what basis? Are you going to get former cricketers on the basis that they were very good players? But do you understand the knowledge outside of the game? Do you understand the knowledge of business? Do you understand the knowledge of budgetary issues? Because you need to understand that a number of former cricketers, especially ones who play from about 1997, 98 onwards, aren't, okay, let's say 2000 onwards, 
Fontaine actually went to school, applied their trade, mm. and applied their trade outside of the game, and then actually still played the game while doing something else. Like an example, like the former ICC <coughs> chief executive officer, David Richardson, he was a lawyer. Yeah. So now if you now have a person who's calibrated in that position, you, you realize that he's got some sort of academic background, he's acted as a CEO in a different company, and he's also played the game. So remember that if you're a former player, you already have a level two qualification from mm. A, which is an entry level for players who played first class cricket. And that's something that that's said uh, that's said the OC can now can actually upgrade. So already you need someone you need someone who's got experience in cricket mm. as a player slash coach and someone who's worked outside of the game. Yes, people may look at Andrew Strauss mm. as an as another Direct. person who may not have had the records of business experience because he retired in 2012, mm. three years, two or three years later, he was a DOC. Well, but again, if you look at the structure of ECB, it's a very strong business structure. Mm. Well, they're going to have to make a decision soon, can you? Because England are coming to the shows as early as next month. So let's see what uh, CSA will say to us on Thursday. But thank you, Kanyisa, for uh, speaking to us. We just want to end the show with a couple of voice notes we couldn't get to with uh, Dr. Mampane, uh, the Springbok team doctor, uh, when we were talking to him earlier. This is Spoom Jigeliso, um, better known as a sports journalist and analyst. I'd like to send just a quick word of congratulations to Dr. Jerome Mambane, one of the guys I have huge admiration and respect for in the sports arena. He has done a phenomenal job with the Springboks, and I am sure he will continue to do great, great work. Him being part of the World Cup squad, getting guys like Sia Kodisi to get to great physical shape for the tournament where they did heroics. He's one of the guys who have fought really, really hard for his rightful place in that squad and in rugby in general. Being the Mr. Msia, to learn here from Orlando. Great insights from the doctors. Keep it up with the show and welcome back. Thank you. Okay, great stuff. Thanks, uh, guys, for those voice notes there. We'll send them to the doctor so he can also hear them himself because he had to go. The players apparently are having uh, awards tonight, so that's where he was when he was uh, speaking to us. But uh, thank you on Twitter. Uh, Zico Smith says, uh, give me Steve Compeller anytime, day or night, always insightful. And Gosenati Walls says, a great show once again that you've presented. My name is Tabi Somosia, and thank you to Katleho and Sylvester Komane at the back.